Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Welcome to Timber Nook Tips. Jeff Johnson here with Angela Hanscom. Angela, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great. What do we want to talk about this time? So I thought we could talk about how the child's idea is always the best idea uh, as far as play goes. So they 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 are the pickers. If you're looking at uh, if you're looking at Peter Gray's conditions of of play, number one is that the the players are are picking picking the play. They're picking the activity. If it, if it's not picked by the person that's involved in it, it's not really play. Um, talk to me. Okay. So I when I first heard running programming, I had. Um, run it in the form of the parents would come with the children. Um, and then I took a big break from that. And now we have parents come again now that we know what we're doing. But, um, and I, what I noticed, the first thing I noticed was that um, when we were doing some sort of activity, because back then we did do activities, that the adult would constantly take over a, a lot of times for the child, or they'd say, let me fix this for you. You know, like if they were working on a piece of art, the, the parent was like, I, it needs to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what we do is we do a lot of training on, you know, the idea of, um, you know, just staging the environment, but not pointing out what the objects are for. So um, like if there's baskets out in our woods, we wouldn't go over and say, this is for collecting items or this is, you know, because the child, there's many, many, we talked about this before, but there's many, what we call visual affordances for each object placed out there. And so the best thing to do is allow the child to come up with their own ideas and be inspired by watching others, because often they'll use it in ways that you never imagined. and so if we're constantly, the adult's constantly the idea giver, it's, it's creating this like scenario where the child will seek constant reassurance and see the adult as like, I need to go to that person for the ideas. Um, yeah. So yeah, because when, when we, we, we may not be intending it, but we're bigger and we're seen as authority figures. And so kids defer to, to the adults a lot of times in those situations, because that's just the way, the way humans work kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I think this can kind of relate to the home environment as well. So if you place out different items for it to inspire play, you know, like even if it's kitchenware or if it's um, curtains, you know, old curtains or planks, you know, if they're going to build forts, like to just literally say you can use anything you see out here, uh, an open invitation. Um, And then that way the kids can create something with it on their own. I think that's the first step to start creating more child-directed experiences and moving away from adult-directed activities. Yeah, yeah. I I find that it, it's, it's hard too for adults to be involved in play and, and not take over. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a lot of practice not to do that. Most of us are kind of wired to, because we want to solve problems and we want to be helpful. And, and so that's what we start doing. So to be, to be an adult with kids and, and just kind of pull back and be almost become a loose part yourself, become a prop for right. the play and, and not become the leader of it is, it's a, it's a challenging thing. It takes a lot of, a lot of personal restraint and reflection is my experience. Yes, Absolutely. And so how do we, how do we get a little bit better at this? We start focusing on, on creating the environment 
uh, like you've mentioned, are there anything, any other things that we can do as the adults to kind of, kind of help us along? Yeah, I really think it's just like resisting the urge <laughs> to mention um, too much about the items. Like it's, it's funny because I've watched, we've trained a lot of people and I've watched people like want to um, stop a child and say, wait, but that was supposed to be for this, you know, like, cause you have this image in your head of what's supposed, what you think is going to happen with the material. Yeah. And it's really, it, it really is um, kind of biting your tongue a little bit and going, it's, it's okay. And letting go of your expectations. Um, so I think that's actually the most important thing. And just remembering that they might come up with 20 different ideas and that that's the point. The point is that they play with it, not that they do what you think they're going to do with it. Yeah. So, so being able to put an object into the space without a pre-planned goal for it is yes. becomes the challenge. And I, I find this with loose parts play, especially a lot of adults will collect loose parts and they will have this, this idealized version of how kids will use something in their heads. And then the kids use it a different way and they want to jump in and fix it or or maybe the, they, they put in an, an item out that they think the kids oh wow this is a cool thing i found the kids are going to love this thing and then the kids don't care about it yeah. um they don't engage with it and and then we we think we failed at at loose parts either either way if they don't use it the way we like or expect or if they don't use it as all at all and and the thing is the kids will the kids will figure it out that basket they they will likely use it for hauling things around but they also might uh, might turn it over and crawl inside of it and use it for a giant turtle shell uh, I mean, they're, they're going to be the pickers and, and being able to trust in that process is, is a valuable thing to have. Yeah. It's really a mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and it does take practice. Were you, were you good at this when you first started at it? N well, no, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it really took a process of observation and letting go yeah. over, over it when it's very similar to letting go of fear of fear of injury. So yeah, the fear of fear, fear of, yeah, fear of kids getting hurt was another one, but it's a process of like seeing how capable children are and having a lot of experience with that. And that's, that's when you start letting go over time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, I found that was my, my process too. It, it's the, the, the more years of experience I have, the more I'm able to, to step back and one, not be the center of attention and, and two, let, let things just be as they are. And so it, it does, I mean, it's, it's hard to walk into this profession uh, right out of school or, or a, a, a different profession and, and really, be able to have that kind of outlook and attitude. Um, it, it does take that, that, that professional practice and experience to, to make it happen in most cases. I'm sure there are prodigies out there working in the field who are, who are good at it at day one, but I, I wasn't one of them and haven't met many. No, and I think it also takes permission to do so. You know, like sometimes you just need permission. Like it's okay to not be the like the center of attention whatever to be right in there because I think a lot of our training is that we are right in there directing it yeah uh, so I think I think it takes also yeah just permission like this is good this is good too and this is different 
there's different outcomes with it. Yeah, yeah, it's that outlook. A, a lot of programs are are built on a, a teacher focused, teacher centered, adult centered um, environment, and, and be, being truly child centered means that the adults are letting go of some ego and power and control, which can be really challenging things to create this environment where the the kids become the deciders of of not only how they use things, but uh, um, just about everything else that we can give them control of in in the environment and does it does it turn into chaos a lot at timber nooks when you when you um, allow this because i think a lot of adults expect chaos when yeah, they, no, they think about allowing this allowing kids to come up with their own play ideas definitely doesn't correlate to chaos <laughs> chaos is when like you have absolutely no rules at all and uh-huh. you know there's no safety like measures put in place but not but not choosing what they're going to play yeah yeah, and, and a lot of times I, th- I think cha- you, you end up with more ca- chaos, some version of it, when you as the adults are trying to control things because you have kids pushing back oh, against yeah. something they may not want to invo- be involved yeah. in. And so when you truly do give them that freedom to choose, um, a lot of that, that pressure to resist goes away and and things become a lot more calmer and everybody seems a lot more focused because they're they're they're, they have the opportunity to to like we talked about last episode go deep into the play um so i think we can actually resist and and prevent chaos by allowing this freedom in some situations yeah absolutely hey listeners this has been timber nook tips we'll be back soon with another episode thanks for listening bye-bye Thanks for listening to Timber Nook Tips. Share your questions and comments at playvolutionhq.com slash podcast slash timbernook. For more Angela, visit timbernook.com. For more Jeff, visit explorationsearlylearning.com. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.